0: Man, go ahead and take a seat, take a seat. I really do believe this, that if it wasn't for Jesus intervening in our lives, we wouldn't be here today. And I'm just so grateful. If we wrote out the list of things that we could be grateful for every single morning, we wouldn't have enough hours in the day to exhaust it. Amen? So I just want to give you a little perspective today. Hey, it's going to be a fantastic day. Uh, I want to uh, reintroduce myself. Thank you, Pastor Chris, Pastor Aubrey. Uh, my name is Joel I'm from Orange County, California. My wife, Melanie, uh, was helping lead the worship team today, and uh, we're a part of an incredible church called Ocean's Church. Uh, we sent out your pastors, Pastor Chris and Pastor Aubrey, here to Michigan, and this is my first time to the state of Michigan, and I love it. You guys, you guys are my people. Uh, I grew up in the state of Idaho before I moved to California so the weather feels similar but I'm a big wimp now I'm not used to it so I know you guys are probably experiencing a heat wave right now I'm, I'm bundling up so God bless you I appreciate you so here's what I need I need a little, I need a little bit of fire from the crowd today to keep us warm uh, I come from a big family I have eight brothers and sisters so quiet rooms make me nervous. So you got to help me out a little bit, okay? So if there's something that's said that you agree with, you can say amen. Come on, practice. Try it out. Come on, you can say that's good. You can say go ahead. Come on, I'm, I'm from a vocal church in Orange County, New Wave Church. We believe in talking back to the preacher. We believe in partnering with the Word of God. And I want to encourage you today to even take some notes. Uh, not because I believe that... Uh, What I'm saying is absolutely brilliant, but I have been hanging out with a brilliant God. And I believe he's going to speak something through me to you today that is going to be great for the room, but also be specific to you as the individual. Amen? Before we get started, I just want to honor... Uh, our pastors of New Wave Church, Pastor Chris and Pastor Aubrey, we love you guys so much. We're so grateful for you. New Wave Church, i got to tell you a little bit about your pastors. I've known them for longer than you've known them. There's a couple people in the room that, that, have, that have known you all for a while. But your pastors, the Bristos, they're some of the most genuine people. And one of the words that leaps out to me when I think about your pastors is they're intentional. And I love the intentionality of them. I'll never forget one of the first times I met them. Uh, it was just, just a casual meeting, and then I didn't see them again for a few more weeks. Uh, and they, they remembered my name. They remembered my story. And, and it wasn't because I was on stage every Sunday. I was in the back helping run the sound booth. And they had just met me coming in and out of the building. And so they're very intentional, intentional people. And another great attribute that I love about them is they're visionaries. Now, can I warn you, New Wave Church... Uh, this is something you have to know if you're going to be sticking around here for more than a couple of weeks, is your pastors are builders. They are visionaries. They have dreams from God of big things that we're going to do here in Michigan. So if you want to do something awesome, if you want to leave a legacy behind with your life, if you want to build an incredible and help sustain a revival here in this great state, I would encourage you, you stick around with Pastor Chris and Pastor Aubrey. And I just want to honor them right now before we get started. Can we give a big hand clap to our pastors? We love them so much. MJ, great word today. I love what you said, is, is we're starting fires, but you clarified good fires. So I think today is going to be a day, good fire. Somebody said amen. amen. Amen, amen. Hey, well, if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, uh, you can write this down. You can put it in the notes in your phone. Uh, I do believe this, that paper has a better memory than you and I do. We'll say it this way, paper doesn't forget. So if you are taking notes, uh, I want to start today with a title of a message that I have for you. Write this title down. Write down chosen to bloom, chosen to bloom, chosen to bloom. We're going to read a story today uh, in the book of Numbers. Before I get there, I want to let you know uh, what's going on in this story. As we read this story, as we talk today, uh, just for the next few moments, I do believe this, that we are going to learn how to allow God to bloom in our lives. What does that mean? We're going to allow God to flourish in our lives from the ideas, the creativity, the plans and the purpose that he has for you. Today is a day of great flourishing for you and for your family, for your vocations, for your marriage, for your kids, and for your future. Because you are chosen to bloom. You're chosen to bloom. There's a story in the book of Numbers. And leading up to this story, it's a story about Moses and Aaron. And leading up to this story, the children of Israel, they, get, they start to complain a little bit, as they do over and over. And what's funny is when I read through the Old Testament and I read about the children of Israel, they seem to have a bad case of amnesia. Because about every 24 hours, they forget how incredible God is, all the amazing miracles that he did for them, what he did to allow them to walk through the Red Sea, rescue them out of slavery, provide food for them in the desert. And I read about the children of Israel, and I think, you silly children of Israel. But then the Lord reminds me, he says, you're just like them sometimes. (laughs) So today, I want to help remind us, not you, but us, me as well, of God's goodness and how he always intervenes in our life. So... The children of Israel are doing what the children of Israel do. They're complaining right now. They're having a bad attitude. And what they've done is they've started to slander their leaders, saying, what's so special about Moses? What's so special about Aaron? They're saying things like, man, we could do what they can do. We, we have the ability to hear from God the way they have the ability to hear from God. Now, these complaints are rooted in a sort of truth, We all have the ability to hear from God. We all have the ability to step out and do the things that God's asking us to do. Where the children of Israel got it wrong is they wanted the authority and the blessing that Moses and Aaron had, but they wanted it in their own timing. They weren't willing to wait and trust in God. So we pick up this story in Numbers 17 when God comes in and he gets a little frustrated with the children. He says, I'm just going to wipe them out. I'm going to take care of them. But thank God that Moses is a good pastor. And good pastor Moses, it says that he gets on his face to pray for them and intercede for them. And we're going to pick up the story in Numbers 17, verse 1. And then after Moses was praying, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod, a staff, from each father's house, all their leaders according to To their fathers' houses, 12 rods. Write each man's name on the rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi, for there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. So there's one staff per household. You guys tracking so far? One staff per household. Verse 4 And you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting, in the meeting place of God, before the testimony where I meet with you. This is the very area that Moses was on his face praying for the children of Israel. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Come on, you're chosen to bloom today. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel which they make against you. I will get rid of the doubters, those who come against God's plan in your life. Come on, New Wave Church, are you excited that God's going to get rid of the doubters, those who come against God's plan in your life? So Moses spoke to the children of Israel. Each of their 12 leaders gave them a rod apiece. And each leader, according to their father's house, 12 rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses, this is, a cool, this is a crazy story. I think we skip over this story sometimes. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass that on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron. Of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds. It began to bloom. It had produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to the children of Israel. And they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back here, put it before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels, that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. Come on, someone say chosen to bloom. Aaron's house was chosen by God, and God is choosing you today. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for New Wave Church. God, I thank you for the great call of God on Pastor Chris and Pastor Aubrey, and not just them, but everybody who calls this place home. Holy Spirit, I pray you would open up our ears, open up our minds, and open up our hearts to receive all that you have in store for us today. We love you, Holy Spirit. And come on, everybody said amen. amen. Come on, everybody said amen. 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 So the children of Israel, they're doing what they do. They're complaining. We understand this. And they, they start complaining to God. They complain to Moses and Aaron. And God does a creative miracle. He, he, what he does is he shows up in signs and wonders, backing up. The words that he's spoken. There are many of us in the room, all of us in this room, I really do believe God has spoken to us or at least nudged us or pushed us in the right direction of what he wants you to do. And today is a day, this beautiful day in November in Michigan, God wants to show up in signs and wonders to affirm the words that he's spoken over you in your life. Now, I'm grateful that God does things like this because I think some of us uh, uh, maybe are coming from a place where uh, we were a long shot to be successful. Now, this is my story. Uh, I know for me, uh, talking in front of people, this doesn't come naturally to me. It's something I had to really work hard on. Uh, I'm not a natural extrovert. I recharge by chilling at my house by myself. Come on, anybody else here? Uh, that's, That's how I am my natural bend, but what God can do in our lives is he can take someone who isn't naturally maybe gifted or naturally built for success and begin to drop gifts and attributes of heaven into you, into your life. So for me, uh, I was born in California, but when I was a little kid, my parents moved us up to Idaho, and that's where I grew up. I spent multiple decades in Idaho, and growing up in Idaho, I was uh, uh, I wasn't very good in school. I was homeschooled, and my mom, her dream would have been for us just to cut off the electricity, get rid of the televisions, make our own butter, and teach ourselves math. That that was that was my mother's dream. You know, she had. She had nine children. I mean, I was I was the best athlete in my school. <laughs> now, being homeschooled, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think today it's it's a whole lot cooler than it was in the '90s. Uh, in the '90s, it's because we didn't trust anybody. And we're like, hey, stay in the house. Don't go talk to people. We're we're gonna we're gonna bolt the doors right now. It's because uh, oh, my kid is showing like gifts and talents, and they're going to be an entrepreneur, and they're going to go do uh, incredible things. Let's pull them out of this school that's holding them back, and we will homeschool them. This was not the case in the 90s. Uh, I was the only person I knew who was homeschooled in the 90s, me and the other family that had 12 kids in town. Uh, it was just us, and so I wasn't exactly being groomed uh, for a life of, of public service, uh, to be in to be in front of people, to interact. You know, uh, being homeschooled is, is totally fine. I mean, it's only awkward when the Prettiest girl at prom is your sister. When the only girls at prom are your sister, um, that's a joke. But uh, what what I've learned is that if you live your life just being open to whatever God has in store for you, at any age, at any stage, at any season, you live your life open-handed. God can take someone who others might not have picked. Maybe the crowd was complaining about. Maybe the crowd thought, I should be first over that person. I should be picked over that person. And God will confirm his word to you in your life by showing up in signs and wonders because you, New Wave Church, are chosen to bloom. Amen? Amen. Amen. God will bloom in the lives of those he has trusted to bring his message. So let's ask ourselves this question. Are you trustworthy? And am I trustworthy to carry and bring the message that God has for my sphere? Your sphere right now could look like your family. Your sphere right now could look like your vocation, your place of business, the school you teach at, the, the, the clubs that you're in, the small group that you're a part of. What is the sphere that God is asking you and trusting you to bring his message to? So let's ask ourselves this question Not not only are we trustworthy, but how do we, New Wave Church, allow ourselves to be available for God to bloom in our lives? How do we allow God to bloom in our lives? Well, I think this is very simple, but we need to pray. And not just pray, but we need to have, this is point number one, that on-your-face type of prayers. What Moses did when he came before the Lord, where he got on his face and interceded for people who, quite frankly, didn't deserve intercession. Who didn't deserve to have a good pastor stand in front of them and say, no, God, please show mercy. They have a great call. They have a plan. This is the same thing God is asking you to do in your sphere. God, this, this, this business that you have me a part of, my coworkers, my family, my grandparents, my kids, my nieces, my nephews, I, you need to be on your face in prayer. This is step one in allowing God to bloom in your life. Ask yourself this question. When, when's the last time you have cried over people you've never met before? When's the last time you've been in prayer and felt so moved, so burdened in your heart that you became overwhelmed by God's love for people that you didn't even care for very much? I would encourage you to do this, New Wave Church. One of the greatest antidotes to to, uh, uh, any type of prejudice or ill will towards anybody is begin to pray for them. Because I've learned this in my own life. It's really, really hard for me to be upset at people I'm praying for people who believe things differently than I believe, people who prescribe to a different religion, a different um, uh, uh, even worldview, different political ideas. When I pray for people, it's very hard for me to be upset with them. So when you get on your face with these on-your-face type of prayers, God will start to entrust you with his good message, and you'll begin to see a flourishing and a blooming in your life. Amen? Amen. They brought the rods to the tabernacle. What does that mean? They brought it to the meeting place. They brought what they had, the staff that represented their family, into the meeting place of God. You know, for Aaron to be confirmed through a sign and wonder from God, he had to return his family name into God's house and let go of the rod and trust that God was going to confirm what he had promised to him. Amen? So number one, we need to have this on-your-face type of prayer life. Number two, I think we need to always be available. Am I readily available to do what God is asking me to do? You know, the Bible talks about this, that he speaks to us in a still, small voice. I think to listen to his still, small voice, you have to actively be listening. Actively be listening. Actively be listening are we blotting out distractions and making sure that we are always available for him i want to let you know new wave church that at your place of business whether you're an employee or a boss a ceo or an entrepreneur whether there's one there's there's one of you or a hundred of you at your place of business you're not there just for a paycheck You carry something inside of you that everybody in your office needs to encounter. Everybody at the factory needs to encounter. Everyone at the grocery store needs to encounter. You carry a spirit inside of you, the very spirit of God, and he has an appointment set for the people around you to encounter him. You're not just there for a paycheck. Five and a half years ago when we moved from Idaho to Orange County, I don't know if you've heard the rumors. I want to confirm them. It's expensive to live in Orange County homes in Idaho, I don't know about now or what Michigan's like now, but 10 years ago, they cost five and a half dollars. But we left a great home, a great job. I turned down my dream job to listen to a voice, uh, the voice of God to go to California, not for a job. I didn't have a job at Oceans Church. I had to go get other jobs. I, I volunteered for free for the first 13 months of the church, setting up chairs and, and sound systems in a school, getting there early, driving the trailer. That's why, that's why when you cut me open, I bleed local church because this is what I love. This is what this is God's bride. Amen. But when we moved to California, I, my, my whole career is in sales. I had never worked at a church before. So I was a car salesman by day. And at night to make an extra buck, I was driving rideshare. I was driving Uber, driving Lyft, uh, driving Uber in L.A. I got stories for you. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, the night crowd is, is God, God love them. Let's just say I prayed for them a lot. Amen. But I remember after months of doing this, months and months and months of doing this, I was getting uh, frustrated. I was I was complaining, complaining a lot to myself. But then I started to vocalize it to my wife. And what I've learned about my beautiful wife Melanie is that her voice sounds a lot like the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit speaks to me either when I read my Bible or through uh, Melanie Faust. And uh, when I started to complain to her a little bit, and I said, "Hey, this is dumb. I'm tired." I'm driving all day. I mean, we're talking, you know, 14, 15, 16 hours a day in a car, just driving people all over California and uh, was barely making enough money just to, we, we were just keeping, barely keeping the bill collectors away, getting a notice on the door of our little apartment. We had, we had five people living in our apartment just to make rent. And I found myself nine months into this, ten months into this, wondering if I had misheard God. God, I had a cool house in Idaho. I had a koi pond in my backyard. I had a yard. Uh, they don't have many of those in California. Um, uh, I, I had I had a great job. I had a dream job offered to me at the church that we were a part of. I turned it all down to to I turned, I set aside good for a shot at great, and I I started complaining ten months in, saying, "God, did I really hear Your voice? Is this really what You have in store for me?" I'm telling my wife this, and she said something so powerful. It's marked me. It's going to change me forever. She goes, you're not just an Uber driver. Don't you dare act like you're just another Uber driver. She said, you carry something inside of you that the people who hop in the backseat of your car need to encounter. And I needed to hear that. So the next morning when I got up early, I would always leave the house before uh, my wife and my daughter woke up. So I left the house before the girls were awake. And before I got started, I just prayed. I said, okay, God, I don't want to be just another Uber driver today. Will you use me in a way? I, was, I wanted to always be available. I said, God, will you use me in a way today? And the very first person I picked up, funny how God's, God teaches us stuff and then gives us opportunities to work it out. The very first person I picked up that day was, was a lady maybe in her, her late 40s, early 50s. She hopped in the back seat of my car, standard greeting. Uh, yeah, hello, I'm Joel. You know, ha- how are you? And she goes right away, she goes, not good. And burst into tears in the backseat of my car. I said, okay, Holy Spirit, here we go. Uh, and I I just began to ask. Her, I felt the love of God for this woman. I said, what's going on? And she began to tell me uh, uh, that recently her husband had committed suicide, killed himself. And she said, we didn't see it coming. There were no signs. We thought he was happy. We had, we had no warning. Uh, it was completely out of the blue. And she goes, he left us with nothing. I didn't realize how bad it was. And so I had; to, she had to move back in with her kids. I was picking her up to take her to her psychiatry appointment because she herself was on suicide watch. And uh, I'm driving, and I just remember feeling the love of God for this woman. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, I was doing my best. I said, I, I can't even imagine what you're going through right now. I said, um, you know, I'm, I don't know what that's like, but I'm a Christian. And the Bible I read says that, Jesus knows everything that we've been through. He says He can empathize with all hurt, all pain, all of life's circumstances. I said, maybe I don't know what you're going through, but I believe Jesus does. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And it was the first time I'd seen her smile in the car ride. She said, yes, please. And we pray. I I went for it, <laughs> a full send. And and I uh, turn up worship music. I'm praying for this woman. You know, it was a shorter ride, about 15 minutes. I drop her off. Still tears in her eyes. I could tell she was so heartbroken. But she had a smile. She said, thank you. Later that day, she left me a review on the app. She said, five stars. And she said, Joel, thank you for not being just another Uber driver. And what it reminded me of is that wherever you're at, if you stay available, God can use you. You don't got to be a pastor on a microphone to influence your city. You could be driving rideshare for 15 hours a day, just being open and available to wherever God has you. We want to always be available. Amen? Amen. Always be available. Always be willing to say yes no matter what. So not only do we always want to be available, number three, we need to have, this is so important, an unwavering trust in his timing. An unwavering trust in God's timing in our lives. Because when we trust in his timing, only then will we find fulfillment. When we trust in his timing, only then will we see God bloom fully in our lives. The children of Israel, they wanted recognition in, our, in their own timing. And I think we are the same way. We're the same way sometimes. God, I have these dreams. I have these desires. Maybe you're in this room and you don't have these great lofty dreams. And you feel frustrated in the, in the, the rat race, in the hamster wheel of life. And we're frustrated praying prayers like, okay, God, where did I miss it? Where where did I miss the exit? When, when can I step in to actually do something great? Because I believe the way God designed each and every one of us, we all want to leave a legacy behind whether it's an inheritance for our kids, whether it's a great business to our grandkids, whether it's lands or a home, or whether it's the weight of your last name, we all want to leave something that's important for the people that come after us. But we need to have an unshakable, unwavering trust in God's timing. There was, uh, there was one time about six months ago, our daughter, she's, she's seven now. She just turned seven two weeks ago. Uh, but we had decided, we had been, we had been away uh, on a trip to a, a, a pastor's conference for a couple of days. And on this conference, we said, because our daughter, she's, uh, she's got all, all five of the love languages. She just likes quality time and gifts and acts of service and words of affirmation and physical touch. She's just everything. She loves being around us at all times. And so we were gone for 48 hours. And, and we had talked on this trip, said, hey, when we get back, we should do something special for our daughter, Esther. And one of her favorite things is she loves going to Build-A-Bear. Come on, I, 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 I'm in the Build-A-Bear phase right now as a dad. And she loves going, picking out this stuffed animal, putting the stuffing in it, bringing it to life. And she's like, it's beautiful. she hands to me, Dad, it's your grandbaby. I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm like, what's his name? She goes, you don't know your grandchild's name? I'm like, I'm just meeting him for the first time. So we said, it, wouldn't it be so fun? We'll surprise her. We won't tell her. We'll just say, "Hey, when mommy and daddy get back, we're we're gonna go on a special family date, and we're gonna surprise her and take her to build a bear." And we had this whole thing planned. We had talked about it. And so the next day we get home. We come home from the airport. We pick her up, and we were going out to eat as a family. And and as we're going walking into this restaurant, kind of uh, in the mall area in front of the restaurant. Was this this kind of a, a, a little rack of toys, like some some cheaper toys, you know, like a knockoff brand? But they had some teddy bears, uh, and she went over there and she she just fell in love. She said, "I want this is this is my new child, Dad. This is your new grandson. I, I want this teddy bear, and it's cute and like like a like a I don't really want to pay money for that teddy bear type of way." Uh, but we had a surprise that the next day we were going to take her to get the real thing. And so, I, I'm, you know, I didn't want to spoil the surprise saying, no, you're not, you're not getting that teddy bear right now. And she broke down. Now, my daughter, uh, she's, she's like her mom. She's perfect in every way. Uh, in seven years, she's only had maybe one or two fits, and this was one of them. And so I'm shocked as a dad. I said, how, how are you, me being a perfect father, throwing a fit, that's a joke, uh, throwing a fit, because she wanted this mangy, knockoff, cheap version of a teddy bear, but she wanted it so bad. And I wanted, oh man, I wanted to so bad, just sometimes be, just tell her, you don't even know what's coming tomorrow. Like, hey, knock it off. You know what, I was going to get you something nice, but now I'm not. I'm going to teach you a lesson, right? But come on, when we're in our right mind as parents, as good parents, that's not how we treat our kids. And we held in the secret. Because he said, she's, she's going to learn something so valuable. And I was just patient with her and, and, and you know, uh, uh, said, hey, we don't, we don't act like that. Definitely not in public. Get inside right now. And she was so upset that she didn't get the teddy bear. But you know what she didn't know? Was that 24 hours later she was going to get the real thing? You know how we are so similar? Like the children of Israel, we, don't, we forget how good our Heavenly Father is. We have these dreams, these desires. We have, I'll put it this way, our plan. And we hang on to it so tight like a mangy, cheap, knockoff version of God's plan. And we throw a fit when God doesn't give us what we want right now. But what we don't know is he's standing back saying, whenever you're done, okay, I'm going to be patient with you. All right, you're still cute, but you don't even know that in my timing, I have something incredible for you. I have something great for you. I have the real thing coming your way. And the look on her face the very next day when we walked into Build-A-Bear and she turned to us and said, is this why you wouldn't let me buy a teddy bear yesterday? We said, this is the exact reason why. She said, did you bring me here today because I wanted it yesterday? I said, no. We decided days before you knew you wanted a teddy bear. We already had it in our mind that we were going to bless you. We already had a plan to take care of you. And we need to have this same unwavering trust that in his timing, he's going to flourish in your life and he will allow you to bloom. Because you need to remember this, that God and only God Causes our lives to bloom. I'll say it again. God and only God causes our lives to bloom. Amen? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 that we may plant others' water, but God brings the growth. I believe that there are seeds inside of you that are ready to bloom. The seeds inside of you right now, these ideas, these dreams, these visions that God has, maybe they feel like dormant seeds. But what I've learned about studying dormant seeds is that plants will utilize dormancy to protect a seed through unfavorable conditions. Because if the seed was germinated and bloomed in an unfavorable condition, it may pop out of the ground immediately, but it would die instantly. The dreams and plans that are in your heart, the dreams and plans that are in your family, if they feel dormant right now, it's because God in his goodness has protected you through unfavorable conditions. And if you trust in his timing and trust that he's the one that causes the bloom, he's the one that causes the growth, we will begin to experience flourishing in our life. Amen, New Wave Church. Amen. Fulfillment is found in two things, obedience and in trust in God's plan. The band can come up. We're going to wrap up here. As the band comes up, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to pray for you. I really do believe that God wants to release new things into you, your life, and your family today. Amen? There's a story I read. This is a wild story. I'm going to read it to you about a dormant seed. A dormant seed. This is a conversation between a journalist and a botanist. And uh, God, God bless this botanist. He is way too pumped to, to talk about this seed. He's way too pumped to talk about this itty-bitty little plant that's blooming. You, say, you sense the passion coming out in the interview about what's taking place. But the story goes this way. It says a tree grows in the Israeli desert. And what a tree it is. A tiny date plant. A date palm. It's a sapling from a seed that was recovered in an excavation that is over 2,000 years old. Do you hear me? Listen to this new wave, church. A 2,000-year-old seed making it, now is the world record, for the oldest seed ever germinated. This botanist was very excited. These date seeds were found in an excavation of a royal palace in the Israeli desert, a palace of kings. The interviewer asks, well... I have a question for you. Are you ever gonna get dates, actual dates, out of this sapling tree? The botanist responds, says, well, that's a question uh, that we'll have to wait for because date palms take up to 30 years to produce their first batch of fruit. That's the history of the date palm. That's how long it takes to produce fruit. The interviewer says something so powerful. He says, hey, it's already been 2,000 years. What's another 30? I believe there are seeds inside of each and every one of you. The power of the seeds come from what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross. Seeds that are found not in the Israeli palace of kings, but in the palace of the King. I want to remind you today, New Wave Church, not to despise the day of small beginnings. Do not grow weary in well-doing. You need to trust in God's process and know that everywhere you walk, everywhere you tread your foot, you carry royal seeds that have not been forgotten. They have not died. But the Lord is releasing them in his perfect timing. In his perfect timing. Last story I'll tell you is I remember uh, there was one time, uh, this was... This was, this was years ago. I've always had this desire to be in ministry. It's what God spoke to me when I was a young boy. First time I ever heard his voice, I was eight years old, and he told me I was going to be a pastor. Uh, for for decades after that, over two decades, I never worked for a church, never got an opportunity. I I mean, I was volunteering full-time, but I was never never working at a church. And I remember having this re- revelation. You know, my grandparents, they're not believers yet. Uh, but they, they paid for my Bible college because they said, hey, we'll, we'll pay for your first year of college. What college do you want to go to? I said, I'm going to go to Bible college. And my grandpa said, have you considered dental school? I said, no, I haven't. And I know it was out of just the love that they had for me. They wanted to make sure. They said, I don't know if there's if there's money in, in ministry. I Said, Yeah, that's not why I'm getting into it. Uh, I, I said, my wife will just invent something that will make me a gajillionaire, and then we can just— set up chairs at a school and start a church and but i remember uh making a decision talking to my grandparents and i said what are you going to do you know when are you going to go into full-time ministry you know this has been years after bible college i said i'm doing it i said "Oh, i thought you were a car salesman i said oh yeah i am i'm just in full-time ministry yeah i'm a car salesman i'm just in full-time ministry but there was a there was a season a window And I know this story sounds, it's very specific to me, but I want you to take elements of this story and apply it to where you're at right now in your life. There was a season where I was, I, I felt maybe frustrated is not the right word, but I didn't feel like I had a seat at the table that God had set for me. There was this dream to do something that he had spoken to me, but I was still over here doing something else. And it felt to me, this was the conversation I had, it felt like, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up this week. It's one of my top, top three favorite holidays. I love Thanksgiving. I love reflecting. I love hanging out with family. And I love uh, watching the Detroit Lions. Praise God. I'm a new convert. Um, but I, I, love, I love Thanksgiving. But the conversation I had, where I felt, and this might make sense to you, is remember when you're growing up and there's that awkward gap where you're, you're moved from the kids' table and now you get to sit at the adult table? Again, for me, I have eight brothers and sisters. The kids' table's large, but the adult table, that's where we wanted to go. That's that's where that's where the good stuff is. Um, and I, I wanted to get up to the adult table, but it was I was in this awkward window in my walk with God where I felt like I wasn't at the kids' table anymore, but I hadn't been invited yet to the adult table. And I, f- I felt like I didn't belong in either spot. God, I want to be, and, and hear me, New Wave Church, I think you guys are, are tracking with me. The end goal was not just to get hired at a church that wasn't that wasn't my end goal. it was whatever God has asked you to do maybe that's to be an author maybe it's to become come a, che- a teacher that changes your city maybe you have those dreams for entrepreneurship to start that company whatever it is I, I, I felt like I could see the table but I wasn't there yet but I was so far away from from the adolescent things that, that I'd grown up doing and it was this I just felt frustrated. Does that make sense to anybody in here? You've been in a season where I just kind of feel frustrated. It feels awkward. And so, and I know this story is specific to me, but track with me. I was on a trip with my pastor, Pastor Mark Francie, who I know you guys met at the launch of New Wave Church. And um, he was he was speaking at a pastor's conference. He asked me to go with him. And so I was took a couple of days off the car dealership. I was just traveling with him. I just liked being around the environment, learning a lot, taking a lot of notes. And I was kind of in my feelings in in one of these sessions because it was a session They're like you know for pastors right right we're all pastors in the room and it was just god was working something in me i'm like ah i'm not and 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 i felt like this frustration this this insecurity you know the things that you struggle with when when you're younger when god brings you out of them when the enemy tries to bring them back in there's like this stench and i smelt this old stench of insecurity coming up again and i had that same feeling i'm like i don't know if i belong at this table well, what table do I sit at? And there was a woman in that room. She was a really, really prophetic woman. Come on, we believe in prophecy at New Wave Church. She was a really prophetic woman. Never met her before. She came up to me and she said, hey, you're not, f-, this was in Texas. She goes, you're not from Texas, are you? I'm like, no. Uh, she goes, okay. Um, I feel like God gave me a picture for you. Can I pray for you? I said, yeah, for sure. She goes, she had her eyes closed. She goes, I see you. At Thanksgiving dinner and you feel like you're in between the kids table and the adult table but God says even though you feel out of place, you're right where you're supposed to be and through my tears I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you got me all wrong you must be talking about someone else but God was so kind in that moment just to let me know, hey I see you and just to remind me to trust in his timing. And he brought me to this verse. It's Psalms 37. Psalm 37, 5. It says this. Give God the right to direct your life. And trust him along the way. You'll find that he pulled it off perfectly. New Wave Church, if you're in this, if you're in this room, maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. Maybe you haven't. Maybe this is new. Maybe you just came to cause you thought today you were gonna see a A dedication or a christening or or something and 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 you're just here killing time until lunch starts wherever you're at in your walk i want to encourage you that god's good enough to halt everything and get and, and speak to you and remind you that if you give him the right to direct your life at the end of it you'll be able to sit back and find that he pulled it off perfectly new wave church you've been chosen to bloom I want to prophesy to you that the time of dormancy is over and that the Lord has not forgotten you. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet.